Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 251. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a sometimes weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out March 11th, 2015. Let me follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're bringing you our look back for the month of February, where we're going to be taking a look at some of the comic books that came out. And for that, we actually have Darth Vader, number one, for Marvel Comics, Silk, number one, for Marvel Comics, and Spider-Gwen, number one, from Marvel Comics. All Marvel. We're all a Marvel Comics three-way. We're a Marvel Comics podcast now. Screw Green Lantern. And I just, I just want to say, um, for those of you wondering why there was no episode last week, that is completely 100% my fault. I got really sick on, like, Saturday, Sunday, and I was violently ill, and it carried through till Monday. And then it was all timing. It just didn't work out until today. But, hey, you know what? But it, it we'll keep spinning, guys. It wasn't Chris who canceled. We canceled because we were like, we should probably just let this guy... Just, just to have the day to rest. You know? Yeah, but but when when you sent me the text saying like, "Hey, we're gonna cancel," I was also passed out asleep. <laughs> well, so. that was the other part that we figured. I was like, he might not just ever let us know that he he's alive. Like, <laughs> that's basically what happened. He's probably passed I got, out. I got sixteen hours of sleep, and uh, afterwards, I was ready to drink. Hey. hey, and what were you ready to drink? What is that beer that puts you back in the saddle? What I got is a beer from New Hollander Brewing here in Michigan, and this is their Night Tripper. It is an Imperial Stout, and I had this for the first time um, like a week and a half ago, actually. There was a New Holland Tap takeover at a local bar slash restaurant, and this was one of the beers that they had there, and it was something I hadn't had before, so I was like, all right, give me one of those. And I absolutely loved it, and one of the reps was there, and I was talking to him about it. And he was like, well, we just started bottling it. Like, you can get in four packs now. And I was like, that sounds like something I would do. And I went into the store today, and they had it. So that was something that I did. Hey, you are not a liar. You weren't looking I, just to score a free T-shirt from the guy. You were I did get honest. a free T-shirt, except it was an extra large. Well, they know... Not wear that. They know they're normal... You know, yeah, but you shrink group. everything. Well, I shrink everything, but I shrink it up. I never shrink it in. <laughs> so, John, you you have a, a T-shirt here. Wait, hey, oh. give it to your chubby friend. Make him feel <laughs> very this is good a, about uh, himself. Imperial Stout, eleven point five percent ABV. Really nice, very malty. A nice smoke on it. Not too heavy. No alcohol burn on it at all. Wow. So basically, everything you would want in an Imperial Stout. And I think these four bottles will go down very easy because <laughs> I honestly don't even remember drinking the pint of it that I had when I was at the bar because after you take a sip, you're like, wow, that was really good. There's no way this is 11.5%. So then you go back to it to be like, is it? No, it can't be. I'm going to take another sip just to check. And then you look and you're like, wow, it must be because I don't remember the thing. Nice. Well, what are you guys drinking? Sounds good. We're drinking. It's really good. Hey, oh, 
when you guys come up here, we're going to go to New Holland, so you can try it. I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm looking forward to it's it. like two more weeks. Ooh, I'm all giddy. <laughs> you sounded like it. Yeah. I believed it. And we're drinking, John and I, uh, from Breckenridge, one of our favorite breweries. Well, one of my favorites. A brewery I enjoy. Yeah. I, I like Wake yeah. the Dead, or Wake Up Dead. I enjoy their, uh, what is vanilla it, Sawtooth? Porter. Oh, definitely their Vanilla Porter. Sawtooth and Wake Up the Dead are not Breckenridge. Those Fourth. are left hand. Oh, I always get them confused. <laughs> Left hand, I do. I oh, really like. I really like left hand. Then Breckenridge. Uh, I like their vanilla porter. What is it? The seven forty one double IPA four seven one four seven one. The small batch IPA is um, good, but expensive for what it is. Yeah, vanilla, the vanilla stout, mm. vanilla porter, vanilla porter, and then um, their autumn. I always really like. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I brought it to the uh, for the Oktoberfest, and you're like, this isn't. It's their har- harvest ale, and I'm like, "What? Well, this is a really good." Yeah. Paul, it's not an Oktoberfest. That's why you like it. <laughs> don't like Oktoberfest. <laughs> we know that. Uh, this is their uh, something different. This is a bomber. First time I've ever picked up a bomber from Breckenridge. Apparently, I, yeah. I honestly didn't even know they had bombers. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I that's why I thought I liked them. I thought I was picking up uh, left <laughs> Breckenridge <laughs> bombers, but I was picking up left hand bombers. So. Uh, and I like the left hand well, so much more. Yeah, the, what I, my left hand does not know what my right hand is doing. So uh, this is their Breckenridge's 72, 72 Imperial Chocolate Cream Stout. Barrel aged in whiskey barrels. Does it say whiskey barrels? Yes, on the back. On the back. I do not get any barrel taste. Whiskey or malt or beverage. Like Chris said, it sounded really good. How would I not pick this up? Yeah. It's everything that I should love, yet I get no chocolate. It's syrupy. I, see, I don't even get a syrupiness. I no, get, I mean, like, it, it itself tastes like, and it just tastes like a syrup. Like, it's mm. thick, really coats your mouth. Okay. Mm. I, I, I was not thinking like a, that as, like, like... Not a Hershey chocolate syrup, mm-hmm. just, like, syrupy, like a... See, I was thinking that was the cream part of the cream ale. Like, that's a cream cream stout kind of thing but there's like chris you were talking about how smoky and everything that you want from an imperial stout like this is missing all that this is missing everything it's got See, just a hint of smoke that's a letdown just then. a hit of this and it's not even a hint of smoke i mean it's got it's got it's like it's wisp if you had like coffee mm-hmm. and then you poured like you have like a sip left of coffee and then you filled it up with chocolate milk that's what this tastes like. It, you have a little bit of okay, a... Okay, well, that, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound bad. It, But it's... it's All right. Let, it, okay. You you have a little bit... You have a sip Wait, of coffee, we're, and we're you have a out. sip of chocolate milk. You put those together, and then fill the rest of the glass up with water. Oh, okay. Because you get oh, okay. a little bit of sweet that could be the chocolate. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of that coffee kind of taste to it. And then just this overpowering nothing. Yeah, I get a tiny bit of whiskey on it. I do. I do, I, I do not. It's only seven point two alcohol by volume, so it's not huge. It's not an eleven. It's not a ten. So we're not getting that all, all that alcohol from the whiskey. So there. Hold, hold on, mine's eleven point five. Let me try it again. See if I get any of that alcohol. It, no, it's really smooth, right? I think that's what you said no. before, Mister Rubbing It In. Ugh. Yeah. All right. I could buy I can buy bombers from breweries I know that I like. 
so uh, you're so special. You're <laughs> Paul's colorblind and he can't tell breweries. I mean, come on. <laughs> we 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 need to start a telethon for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> He can't see colors, and he forgets which breweries he likes. <laughs> it was funny. And gets confused by which or, or just rate and review us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to harken back what? to. I'm, I'm sorry. What celebrities do you think we could get to show up to that? Other colorblind celebrities. Who are? All right, Mel Gibson. everyone, get googling. <laughs> I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, he seems crazy enough to be colorblind. Uh, I'm Paul. Yes. I'm going to say we could probably get Jimmy Fallon. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Fallon's great. I love Jimmy Fallon. He's the best. And Kevin Hart. And who else? Oh, I don't like Kevin Hart. He's so tiny. It puts me off. Okay, Kevin must... James. Kevin James. Oh, I don't like Kevin James either. He could guard it. He could guard it for us. <laughs> well, it makes sense that Paul would have the worst telethon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... To harken back to our review back uh, during Producer Scott days, this is like the beer you described, but uh, we were drinking it out on a patio, and uh, it started to rain, and all the rainwater got into our mug, our glass of beer, and watered it all down. That's a shame. And while we weren't looking, somebody put ashes in I Remember that review? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a stout, and it was rainwater got into an ashtray, and somebody <laughs> poured it into his beer. Um, for a barrel aged imperial yeah. chocolate cream stout, this I spent way too much money on it. How much did you spend? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> how, how much was it? Don't remember. It, it was, was two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, if uh, the, the 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 worst thing is, is this? It's got to be more than four ninety nine. And yep. if you pay for more than four ninety nine for this, you are a sucker. Those three bottles that I bought plus a six pack, I only spent twenty eight bucks on. So oh, it wasn't a huge. Yeah, it couldn't have been that bad. Because I bought another... But bad enough. Yeah. Bad enough because we drank it and I don't really... I mean, i just been drinking mine just to drink it. Yeah, we got the rest of the show to do, so, you know, we only got two beers tonight, so... We only got two beers, but we got a lot of news because we're effectively sitting on, like, a week and a half of news right now. News. Go. Chris. Go. Biggest... Yeah, biggest news story of the past two weeks. Oh, don't, I don't want to have to pick the biggest. Yeah, but we do the biggest, and it's also the saddest. Let's get it out of the way, so okay. that way we can move on and you know leave on a happy note, you know, instead of Sims closing, right? Yeah, yeah, the Sims City. Yeah. That, that's not the one you're talking about. No, <laughs> no, we saw it. Okay. Nerdums all no, a, a um, tragic loss. Uh, this is the unfortunate passing of Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy. And this kind of, like, came out of nowhere, like most celebrity passings do. Um, I actually found out from one of my sales associates at work who sent me a text about it, well, strangely enough. He went into the hospital, uh, like, three, two or three days prior, and there was the news reports then, and then the news came out that he did pass. So it wasn't, like, that surprising, because it wasn't see, just all of a sudden. I didn't see anything about him going into the oh, hospital. Oh, okay, well... Yeah, I didn't I, see that either. I saw that. It's not like his plane crashed or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford, come on. I did like the internet. They It was definitely well played. Uh, where it was the Millennium Falcon crashed. Yeah, like they just Super photoshopped, it. photoshopped the Millennium Falcon in. 
But uh, yeah, uh, I think the saddest part of Leonard McCoy's passing is that Transformers: Age of Extinction is his last movie. But he's had some other work since then, right? I think he's Did he? been in an episode of Big Bang Theory. Oh, most likely because better he has nerd clout and <laughs> well, he was in the Star that Trek show. Kind of depends and thrives on it. Star Trek movie mm-hmm. playing. Pulse yeah, but that was after Transformers, I think. Yeah, it was after. Oh, well, before the Transformers was after. Oh, yeah. Now we're gonna, know, it, we're all looking it up now. I, I I'm not. It's it's sad though. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's it, it's one of those things like I didn't realize how old he was until I actually saw him in Star Trek and in that cave, and I was like, oh wow, that's that's scary. Uh, That's life, man. You're right, you're right. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, he did have a cameo, and it was after Dark of the Moon, which was... And he also did Big Bang Theory. You you are also right there. Uh, I don't know, I I like to remember him in the better days, and I'm not even talking about, like, the original series. I'm talking about the Bilbo Baggins song, (laughs) (laughs) which I put up over on the Bagboard Facebook. Like, as soon as I found out that he had passed. I was like, I, I need I need to listen to this song again. I mean, Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. I loved his work in actually uh, the Civilization series. He did was the narrator. Was yeah, he did for a Civ Four. Like any time, any kind of you would great build a great monument or you know find new technology. He was the narrator that like he gave voice to it. Like, and when man discovered fire, like it was like you know very. He has that kind of epic yeah, narration got, voice. Yeah, he's got know? a good voice for that stuff. That's that's actually kind of cool, because the last Civ game that I played was 3. And I always felt like such a schlub when I was playing, because it's like, it's 1990, and my civilization just discovered the wheel. Like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. You were, pl- you were playing it on a higher level than Chieftain, and not going after technology. That's, but hey, that was at least problem. I'm still around. Yeah, that's true. Normally, just the barbarians come and wipe the wipe the floor with you, or the Paul, company, Paul, or the Paul, company that makes the game. Around. Oh, uh, unlike Maxis developers over uh, at EA, uh, Maxis Emer- Emeryville closed the SimCity studio. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Are you telling us some shit about computers? I am telling you some shit about computers. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I was quickly trying to throw uh, pick up that segue that was thrown down, uh, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Uh, but yeah, EA has closed the SimCity studio after uh, the horrible uh, launch of back in 2013 of SimCity, uh, where it just it didn't work online. It was supposed to have all these features that just weren't available during launch. Uh, there was a clash action lawsuit, and it just took months and months for them to write the ship and EA is just is walking away from apparently the SimCity franchise and has closed down uh, the studio. Um, and and that's sad because I always have fond memories of the SimCity games even more so than the actual Sims which spun out of it. Yeah, I never liked the Sims. I've always enjoyed I loved SimCity growing up as a kid. Like yeah. that was something like uh the roller coaster tycoon or something like that wasn't that part of where you you created your theme park right right those but, uh, 
the same, right? It was the same kind of a thing, but I don't remember the who same, did. No. Uh, no. I don't remember yeah, who did. I, I don't Roller think that coaster. was Maxis that did that. Yeah. Maxis used to I be. I had that one, but I honestly don't remember it. Maxis, and I forget who was the other one, you know, did a, used to do some sim or civilization games, and I think they were also part of the uh, civilization Alpha Centauri, which I really liked, mm. which was the oh. settling of the foreign planet. It's just, it's kind of sad, but yeah. also, I mean, it's an EA like studio. EA just wants you to kind of go more that microtransaction route now, it seems. Or yearly franchises, and if you can't pump out a yearly franchise, then you're not a studio that needs to work for them. But even those like annual game releases still have those microtransactions. Like, my one sales associate at work, he loves the FIFA games, and he's buying like the mm. gold mm-hmm. packs or whatever to get like the ultimate team stuff. Yeah, and he's like, I, I put so much money into that trying uh. to get like the players I need. And it's like, have you tried not doing that? <laughs> there's no way in those sports games. There's no way. Like even in the NHL franchise uh, games, like <laughs> the ultimate team stuff is such BS with uh, the packs and earning points and to buy the packs by playing for free. You're, like, trying to play it uh, in a free way. It's just... Ugh. Ugh. It's sad. I just... I wish they hadn't spent so much of their budget on uh, reticulating splines. (laughs) I have no idea what you mean. I'm sorry. What? Really? Okay, well, you've just lost... All of the SimCity cred? Okay. Well, no, because that was one of the things that when they were loading one of their bars was reticulating splines oh so i was trying to throw that i, I figured you would have gotten that no i'm sorry man i haven't played SimCity uh since Paul, before 2000 you pull out shit yeah, no. out of the past that are is insane i, I normally do <laughs> i know i i couldn't pick that one up uh, it's a but good when, when we were talking about the story i was like that's crazy that they're shutting down maxis because i mean they just released The Sims 4. They have expansions coming up. But that's a completely different studio, you said. Uh, it's a completely different team. And EA said that uh, they will see Sims 4 DLC uh, all have no impact from these layoffs. Uh, the DLC and endless, your endless pipeline of DLC won't, uh, won't be affected. Uh, from, because from EA 4. likes that deal. Oh, they love it. Because that's... That is Sims 4. The Sims franchise but, is still their one of their money breakers. You know why? Microtransactions. You need, a you, hat. you need a new hat for your for your Sim. You need the vampire makeup for your Sim. You need the mummy wrap for your Sim. I always need that mummy wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm trying dog. to think of a segue because, well, like EA loves DLC revenue. John, what what do you love? So you can talk about any of your stories. I like I like movies and TV about comic book stuff. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah I tell do. us something. Uh, how about uh, we? <laughs> I'm sorry. What if we just did all of our things like that? 
<laughs> Talking like, about DLC. Oh, uh, you har- like to tell us stories about things. What is the story you would like to tell us about? Uh, Harmonix uh, says that they're really working hard to make No, sure. I gave oh. it to John oh. first. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were just taking it away from were, John. No. You were being shown like that's how we're going to do it from now on. But oh. you didn't do it like me, so you don't get to talk about Harmonix anymore. Okay. It's over. <laughs> it's over. That's <laughs> done. It's over. Yeah. Never again. We're taking that away. But you know what might be starting up? What might start up? A third DC show over at the CW. And that is going to be a team-up of The Atom. You have me? It's a firestorm? <laughs> There's so much build-up here. So much pause. I'm not editing that out. You're just going to sound like an idiot. You know why? Because you were mean to me. You know why? Because I wasn't expecting to get thrown this, and it's been a week since I've thought about it. Uh, uh, Firestorm, Uh or maybe just one half of Firestorm. Uh, So either fire or storm? Right. Uh, The actress who formerly played uh, Black Canary is said to be in it. Um, Flashback. And uh, one other person I can't think of has been said. Hmm. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be a team show. Uh, more all superhero team show versus like, oh. hey, I'm the Flash and I have three handlers who help me from... So are you, are you saying that to be on the show you would have to either be brave and or bold? Mm. That, that's exactly what this sounds like. When I first read the story about this supposed, like, hey, it's a anything-goes kind of DC superhero show, I was like, okay, well, brave and the bold. Because it just, it lends itself to it. And I think this would be a good showcase for those characters that kind of pop up in one episode and then disappear. Like, they keep bringing back Suicide Squad if they didn't have a movie coming out. I think you... You could get a Suicide Squad episode. Captain Cold was the other character. Whoa! Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, like, is it that it's been talked about as a team show or a team show? But yeah, Brave and the Bold would be smart. To you could bring in such a huge cast of characters. I mean, you could have Martian Manhunter, not the green alien, but John Jones, like the, the detective. Yeah, the detective. Uh, so I, yeah, it would lend itself to a brave and the bold thing so much more than a a team episode, and how you could have the Black Canary back, yeah, um, and you know talking about other people, uh, other superheroes showing up. I mean, I mean, there's Hawk Girl's been rumored, and anyone and everyone from DC could pop up in the show, which would be amazing. You mean like uh, the other Wonder or Warner Brothers? television show uh, character Supergirl. Supergirl. Like maybe she could show up? Yeah. Uh, who also, uh, we just got the first look at her costume. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, throw it to you exactly like we should have. Uh, you love yeah, but, that but idea is, of that this show. This is tying into that. You love that idea of the show, and you also love seeing blonde-haired girls. Right, uh, John? So what are other blonde-haired girls? Well, everybody that knows like? that I like a lady with some vulnerability. <laughs> And who's got more vulnerability than Supergirl? She's got two um, vulnerabilities. Well, just so you know, finals are coming oh. up at the Crucible Academy. Uh oh, that's a book I'm, I don't I'm, care about. I'm still reading that book. <laughs> All good for you. 
I, lo- I, I really like it. I'm, I'm happy for you, bud. No, but, but go ahead, John, because this is also from producer Greg Berlanti, who's done Arrow, Flash, the upcoming Vixen animated show, and this rumored Brave and the Bold-esque show. Yeah. And uh, this costume was designed by... I, no, I wanted John to talk oh. about this. Colleen it, Atwood? Hey. It looks like a Supergirl outfit. It does. I mean, uh, as soon as I, I looked at it, I said, yep, Supergirl. And I just clicked off of it. Like, nothing at all was made me like, oh, ooh, ah. Or, you know, like, you see the Flash mm-hmm. outfit. And it's like, oh, okay, that suit makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, it looks like it's a, you know, a biker suit kind of a thing. Mm. Like, he's going to be able to have accidents while running. Or, you know, but this is just like, oh, yeah, Supergirl. Knee high boots, skirt, mid thigh skirt, uh, the whole shebang. Uh, I was surprised they went with the more classic S though, and not more the movie, you know, more alien looking S shield. And that's what I posted to our Facebook page. If you're wondering, hey, I didn't see any news about this new Supergirl costume. Where can I find it? Go over to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com/bagnumboard. I don't know if that's how it works, but you know, the internet, figure it out. <laughs> You're an adult. Figure it out. Uh, this has some more classic uh, Superman S shield. Not no, the I, alien. I, I saw this out. and I was like, "Ooh, Supergirl picture!" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, looks like Supergirl." Yeah. And and then I saw there were actually two pictures, and I was like, "Oh, she's just smiling a little bit more." <laughs> she looks the one. It's a little bit more close up. I don't know. Um. Artist, uh, not artist, actress Melissa Benoist. Uh, if you're looking for, if you're looking for confirmation, Melissa Benoist. Yeah, I, okay. that's how I would pronounce it, but I don't know. Be- well, w- when we had the um, announcement of her actually being Supergirl, I didn't know who she was because I don't watch TV really. So this is the first actual look at her that I've had, and I was like, yeah, she looks like. She could be Supergirl because she's kind of just that any girl. There's nothing really stand out about this character, and I think that's what's going to lend mm-hmm. it to that that Supergirl. Uh, when I showed my girlfriend the picture of Supergirl, she's like, "Oh, hey, that's the actress from Whiplash," and I was like, "Really?" And I was like, "And I and I looked it up, and I was like, it is." So I just recently saw her in a movie. You know, she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and. Going, saying, okay, I just saw her in that role. I think she could play Supergirl, like someone of coming to coming of age with their mm-hmm. powers and everything like that. I think she'd be perfect for it. And if she does have any sort of worries, at least they've cast other people in the series to give her a little bit of guidance. I mean, other other people who have super fame, like Dean Cain, hmm. and. The actress who played Supergirl in the eighties. <laughs> the nameless actress. Nameless actress. I don't think she didn't do much after that. No, but when I saw Dean Kane was cast to have a role in Supergirl, it's like one of those okay, it's almost like they had that John Wesley ship who played mm-hmm. the Flash in the nineties Flash show appearing as Barry said. Okay, it's that tip of the hat. Yeah. It makes sense. I really hope 
Dean Cain is appearing as Superman in the series. Oh, see, I was hoping that it was the I, new I Martha, he... Martha, and uh, oh my goodness, well, Jonathan Kent. I, I think if anything, I think maybe we'll get them as I'm blanking it on Supergirl's parents' names, like uh, the L's yeah. on Krypton. Well, maybe we'll see them because it hasn't been said like, oh, they're going to be in like eight episodes or if they're just going to like pop up, they've been cast in the show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of like to see him appear as Superman again. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it, it would, it would vindicate the man. <laughs> <laughs> I've been staying in he, semi good no shape for this. He'll no remembered as a, being the dude that shows up on that Ripley's Believe It or Not series. Like, <laughs> Hey, mummies are real. Did you know that? Here's a clip. Uh, he's the guy that reminds you that Sein- the, the the rerun of Seinfeld is over and you can change the channel. Oh, uh, he reminds me that he tried out for the Buffalo Bills and didn't make the cut. He 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 was almost the quarterback. No. And by almost, I mean he tried out. He didn't try out for quarterback. He was I a thought punter. He, or was it? No. Uh, like, what are the kicking guys? I think I what are on. the kicking guys? What are the kicking guys? Paul, what? Punter or kicker? <laughs> Special okay. teams. Punter or kicker. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know why you're still making finger moment motions at me. I just like making kicking with my fingers. <laughs> did you hear did you hear Paul uh, talk about uh, Dean Kane's tight end? <laughs> can we get back to any of your weekend geeks at all from this point? <laughs> no. No, pretty much not. No. Well speaking about kicking, uh PAX kicked off. On Friday. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks, hey, Paul. I, I hear that was a thing. That that was a thing, and there was video game news that came out of it. And the one news story that really caught my attention, I posted over on Bagging Boards Facebook. And this is the announcement of the next Hearthstone adventure, uh, Black Rock Mountain. Ooh. Yeah. Announced Ooh. at PAX. That's yes, PAX cool. East. Huh. In Boston. Now is this going to be a new like new cards or a new area to battle monsters in? Yes. Um, yes to both. Yes. What they've been doing with Hearthstone, it's they will have an expansion where they put out new characters, but then they also have an adventure where it's based off of a dungeon type raid from the actual World of Warcraft MMO. Um, and Black Rock Mountain is one of those um, those raids. So what they will be doing in this is you have five different wings. Each of these wings will be a series of smaller boss battles and then you get one big boss battle. And every one of these will give you certain rewards. Um, there's going to be 31 new cards coming out of it. And then there's also class challenges where, depending on which character class you're playing as um, from Warcraft, you'll be given a pre-constructed deck, and then you have to beat a various boss, and then you'll unlock a class card for that deck. Nice. Uh, and I don't know, I... I've really gotten into Hearthstone. I like it a lot. I've been doing some arena stuff because I'm not that great at it. 
but I've been keeping up on ladder for the past two months now, so I can get rated in it. Oh, nice. So you've been getting uh, those backs, those uh, card backs? Yes. Yeah. So I can get the card backs. And mm-hmm. you need to place in at least rank 20 to get the card back, but I can get into usually about, like, rank 18 or 17. Whoa. Because that's, which, that's the point where if you start losing, you start losing stars. Yeah. Oh, I'm a couple ranks past that point. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still a fun game, and so much of it is driven into that, like, okay, well, play to see how good you are against everyone else that plays. That I'm really excited now to actually partake in more of the adventure mode. Because when I started playing, they had already came out with the game itself, the Goblins vs. Gnomes expansion, and then the Chris of Naxxramas adventure. So I'm going to be here for, hey, the first release of the next almost mini expansion. And, I don't know, that, that makes me happy. Even though you have to pay to download the expansions now, uh, eh, 700 gold or like 20 bucks will get you all of it. But good. Not I'll, too bad. Uh, do you guys want to hear some interesting Dean Kane facts? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> he was uh, tried out for the Bills and was signed as a linebacker. Uh, he actually sent a NCAA uh, record for the most interceptions in the season. He is one quarter Japanese. Didn't know that. He's actually he is part Welsh, Japanese, French Canadian, and Irish. Uh, he dated Brooke Shields for two years. Who mm. <laughs> dated Brooke Shields besides a pirate? <laughs> in high school, he played baseball with Charlie Sheen and Rob Lowe. They were on the same baseball team together. Uh, kind of. That's kind of crazy, actually. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Wild thing. Uh, so that's those are things that I learned for, about uh, Dean Cain. Uh, is, so, is that literally everything about Dean Cain that we didn't already talk about on the show? Pretty much. Pretty much. Good to know. And I'm still hoping he's Jonathan Kent. Uh, <laughs> but, Paul, you had some PAX news. Oh uh, yeah, well, not quite packs, but this was uh, broke on Wednesday. Uh, e- Harmonix over in San Francisco uh, used to be owned by uh, Viacom, part of I forget who MTV MTV uh, Studios. Yeah, now they're on their own, uh, but they are planning on launching Rock Band Four uh, by the end of 2015 for PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Uh, they are they said the. Uh, they're announcing this way too early, but the story was kind of broke when uh, a couple weeks back when Bloomberg said, you know, heavily said that they had a source saying that they were working on it. So now they're trying to get in front of all the rumors. And what they're saying right now is why they don't really want to, they didn't really want to announce anything is because there's so many question marks still in the air. Uh, things that they want to have happen for them to release Rock Band 4 is. They, they want to make sure that people that bought DLC packs, uh, song packs, for either Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 can then move those songs onto their new console. And they say that they're pretty much have that locked down, but they won't be if you bought an Xbox 360 and then went to PlayStation 4, you might be out of luck there. 
but from you know staying in the same council family, they they're pretty sure you can uh, get that work. They can get that worked out for you. So that's huge. And the other thing that their major roadblock they want to come out with is uh, that they're running into is making sure that all those fake plastic instruments that you bought and have in your closet collecting dust will work on the new consoles. So that you'll be able to just be able to plug them in and uh, have them working on your console of choice. You know, within the same console family, of course. Which which is smart because people have already spent the money on those instruments if they still have them. And if they do get that new game, they won't want to buy new instruments. And I think that's smart to have them just carry over because, one, they should be able just to sync up. It shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, they said it's you wouldn't think so that until but, you actually yeah. look into the actual hardware that was that those machines used. And now you just can't find like the wire, the wireless uh, connection like port that the the xbox 360 used nobody knows what it is anymore like people like it that hardware isn't out there anymore it used to because the xbox team moved on to the xbox one like it's like trying to shove a vhs into your dvd player uh they actually said it's like getting a ps3 controller to talk to a microwave that's an actual (laughs) quote from nick chester over at harmonics uh he's they also said that keyboards and the pro guitars are not going to be coming back. They, there's oh, just no way. That's kind of sad. Like keyboards seem to be like one of those things where it's like, no, it's the closest you can actually get to playing the real instrument. Yeah. Uh, they said it's just going to be too challenging to get to work, so those won't be coming back. Uh, right now, they're going to reach out back to Mad Cats to to exclusively produce the Rock Band gear before uh, to try to help work with their base because they they know how to make controllers for basically every system so hopefully yeah, they'll I mean, they're be able just to... like that strictly third party controller mm-hmm. type uh they're company. they're they're working through and trying to get it through the usb doggles again to work it but uh that's their major hurdle and they didn't really want to it seems like harmonics didn't want to announce that they were going to come out with rock band 4 because they wanted to get this stuff squared away first, but I kind of feel like they've their their hands was forced by the rumors coming out. So, question to you guys: Is men in your thirties who played this in your mid twenties mm-hmm. any interest? Oh, always nostalgia based interest. Because man, when when we played, it was fun for that hour or two, but. Then, like, remembering that you would have to get it all set up again and, like, do all the work before the fun, you're like, ah, oh, that's a lot of work before the fun. Paul, you are the man who revels in the work before <laughs> the fun. You enjoy the work more than you enjoy the fun. Probably. Uh, I've, I've always been a big fan of the rhythm-based games, whether it's mm-hmm. Guitar Hero, Rock Band, uh... I've, I've played a bunch of, like, the other, like, crappy dancing games. I don't know. I just like being able to listen to music and then play a video game during it. Mm. Uh, it it's something that I didn't think would ever really go away, so I'm surprised that, like, the big news of it making its return is an actual thing, because I feel like after the like current-gen consoles came out, 
it should still be around. Like, you still should have been able to do, like, a downloadable version of the game and then sync up your instruments to it to play it. Well, Because it's such a, like, big hallmark of, like, the video game culture now. Because it's just, like, that casual game that anyone can sit down and play. You know, it's it's the candy crush for console games. Right, but right now we're still in the only the hardcore gamer is going to go out and spend the 350 to 400 dollars on these consoles uh it's not the i know that market saturation is getting close especially for the playstation 4 but it's not quite there for the casual market to have a hook in it yet and if what's nice is to kind of of get back to the question though if if i had the current gen systems this is a game that I would pick up when it came out because I I do have fond memories of playing it with other people or just, you know, sitting alone like with my guitar controller being like, oh, what songs are available now? Like, I'm going to play these. Oh, I'm going to buy this one. <laughs> it for, for me who does love rhythm games and music, it's, it's fun. It's something that I would put the money towards. What's nice is you won't need to put as much money towards it as you used to because now that they're not part of a bigger company, they they have also said that Rock Band 4 will be the the Rock Band for this current generation. And we won't be coming out with a Rock Band 5, 6, 7, 8, or 9. It'll be basically Rock Band 4 will be the platform, and then you can buy the songs that you want you know, from the marketplace. And they were pretty quick with turning around like the top songs and getting them out. So, oh, yeah. um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, yeah, I think it, I, I'm going to remember how much fun I had playing for those that time. But like trying to add up all that time in my head right now, I'm like, maybe it was only like six, seven hours of fun that I had with Rock Band overall for the probably somewhere in the realm of $200 to $250 that I spent on it, which is not a good return on investments. See, for me, that return was a lot better because that's a game I would sit down and just play and then be like, Mm -hmm. I I need to get more stars because I need to unlock the next venue that I go to because then I can get to play this song or build this playlist. I, I played a little bit more in that like single player, like, okay, I'm trying to accomplish the game's goal than that party. Hey, let's all play whatever song you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I had more fun of it because of Producer Scott than I would if I bought it now. Like, now that I don't live with Producer Scott, I think there's no way I would have as much fun with it. It's okay, uh, but something I'm looking forward to having some fun with is the new Battle Chasers comic book and video game coming out from comic book artist and hopeful video game designer Joe Maduera. Because Battle Chasers is coming back. His seminal work that came out from DC's Cliffhanger mini imprint in the early 2000s is coming back. After only nine issues and then disappearing because he had more work to do and then started opening video game production companies and then the comic book was forgotten. Hmm. Uh, 
Joe Madden's bringing Battle Chasers back. Oh, and Joe Madden from really uh, the uh, video game uh, about death. Uh, Darksiders. Oh, okay. That's I, I, that's what I know that name. Yeah. Well, sorry. Darksiders, great game mm-hmm. uh, from his other company, Vigil Studios, which shut down because it was purchased by THQ. And then THQ went out of business. Uh, yep, so he has since um, joined up with a new company, Airship Syndicate. And as a result, they've said, like, you know what? Let's bring back Battle Chaser. So he will be doing short bursts of comics. They've discussed doing short three-issue story arcs to kind of finish up the plot lines that they've left dangling and reintroduce the characters. And then a video game RPG that's going to be a little bit different. Um, not similar to Darksiders, but a little bit more puzzle and action-based. I, I really enjoy Darksiders. I enjoy those puzzle and action games. You don't get as many as you used to. Yeah. No, and I mean, it's a market dominated by shooters and soon-to-be music games again. <laughs> but <laughs> it's something I'm looking forward to. Um, no company's been attached to the actual publication of this game or the comic book, but if they can do something with Kickstarter or Patreon where they can self-finance it and then just put the comic book out digitally and then raise the money to uh, self-publish, hey, why not? That's kind of a viable market today. As long as it isn't Kingdoms of MLR, I'll be okay. I liked Kingdoms of MLR. I don't know what you're talking about. It was. Uh, you don't have to explain. It, it, it was. It was an action adventure RPG, kind of like. Um, it was Fable. Mm. But it was done by a baseball player who decided. Oh, that Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. He de- he decided he liked video games and wanted to make a video game, so yeah. he bankrupt Rhode Island. He threw a lot <laughs> of money into it, and got a lot of tax breaks from the state of Rhode Island. Or was it Massachusetts? I forget. No, it was Rhode Island. And basically almost bankrupt the state. That's hilarious. Because they saw no return. Yep. I don't know. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning was a solid action-adventure RPG, though. It gave me more DLC for Dragon Age and Mass Effect 3. <laughs> that's, that's true, it did. But okay. that's stuff that did come out. What are we looking forward to coming out? Hmm. Uh, for our look back, we're going to be reviewing a lot of Marvel books this week. And next month, we'll have another Marvel book to review, and that's going to be Howard the Wait, Duck. But what, what what are we doing, John? The list. You need to introduce... Which, what, what books? For which week? This, is, this isn't this is the first time we've done this, John. I got really excited because Howard the Duck number one is coming out. And I'm... I'm looking forward to it. It's written by a guy named a guy named Chip Zardisky, who writes uh, sex criminals, yeah. who's known mostly as an uh, artist. Well, that's the write-up that Marvel gives him. Yep. <laughs> Hot off the pages of the post-credit scene at the end of a popular movie, Howard the Duck is back. I clap. Well, just read the solicitation. Yes, he, he is. Paul does it all the time. That's what I do. <laughs> Paul does it for everything that he's reviewing. Yep. I I mean, I thought that was a clever thing that they wrote there. But Marvel's I, always very good with their solicitation stuff, though. Uh, but I've enjoyed Howard the Duck ever since the movie Howard the Duck, when I watched that as a little kid. 
I always enjoyed it. I was. I like Paul clapping every time I see Howard it. the Duck. <laughs> People can hear that. I, 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 yeah, I because that's what you do when you say his name, just like in the song. I like that you can't say his name because then you just sound like a douche <laughs> for saying his name and clapping. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I'm interested in the book. I'm uh, I'm a fan of the character. I never read the character um, in comic book form. Not I, on his own series. Not in his own series. He's popped up in things mm-hmm. that I've read. Um, Often but, with Silver Surfer. But I am looking forward to this new number one. No, th- this is actually something that I'm looking forward to as well. It was originally going to be my pick until you snaked it. Um, uh, I remembered when Paul was talking about computer shit that I hadn't picked a book this week. No. And this was the first one that it came up uh, <laughs> looking on previews that I was like, all right, this is the one I'm interested in. No, it, it's something completely different from anything else coming out. Not just for Marvel, but on the stands. Because he's going to be a private investigator, but this is him interacting with the rest of the Marvel Universe. No, you sh- guys shut your mouth with this being completely different. Because uh, I've heard oh, this sorry premise- we didn't read, like, She-Hulk and uh, other shit. Paul. No, I remember the exact same premise with a great series called X-Factor. No. Paul, private you, I, investigators. No, 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 no. You know, you know this from a great series called Madrix. Madrox, yes. Uh, X-Factor, no, not the same That's- book. No, remember no. when I kept on saying this is going to get back to what it what when it was good? That's when I was talking about it because when it what it's not the same series. Yeah, it's not the same series. Madra- no, X Factor up until M Day was that series, and then everything how, after M Day and, and how and how like we got twelve issues before M Day. Yeah, yeah, was it wasn't it. a lot. Don't <laughs> act like it was a big miracle no, moment. It wasn't. But how many how many issues do you really think Howard the Duck is going to go? I think at this point, probably probably could go pretty far. I mean, it probably as much as your She-Hulk. Okay, so, I, yeah, I think if it gets more than 12, I'll be surprised. I, I think it does stand the chance to get at least that far, because it's going to be that different type of Marvel book. And I think the over-under is... Whether he's a bankable character or not, Howard the Duck definitely is a fan favorite. Like, people lost their shit about him being in a post-credit scene to a movie that people didn't think they were going to care about. I, I think this book could have legs, and attached to those legs, crazy little web duck feet. Mmm, well played, sir. But, Paul, I, I think it's safe to assume you're not looking forward to Howard the Duck. No, it was on uh, my short Where's list. You didn't say it, John, so I didn't need to. <laughs> Yeah, that's not true. You said you clapped. What are you looking it. forward to, Paul? Uh, I'm looking forward to Action Comics number forty because uh, it's going to be a one-off Bizarro issue. Oh, and sometimes you know I kind of enjoy that just Bizarro zaniness. Yeah, fun. You, you enjoy Bizarro. I enjoy Bizarro. Yeah, and uh, it's written and drawn by Aaron Cooter. I don't know who that guy is really. Uh, he's only done really Superman books, like fill-in kind of stuff. So. Uh, you know, so for a fill-in, let's, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Or if even if it isn't, then I'm talking in Bizarro, so it works. It, it, there you go, because it could or couldn't be. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So no matter what, maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking correctly, or maybe I'm speaking bizarro. It'll be fun. Chris, what Chris, are you picking up, buddy? Well, a book I know will be fun is Ant-Man number three from over at Marvel Comics, written by Nick Spencer, art by Ramon Rosanas. Uh, this is Ant-Man going face-to-face with Taskmaster, who is going to be or could be his arch-enemy because they fought a bunch of times before. I'm also reading the solicitation stuff. Um, I couldn't tell. Really enjoyed I couldn't tell. What? I couldn't tell that you were. It's okay, because I told you. Thank you. Hmm. I've really enjoyed the first two issues of Ant-Man. I'm really looking forward to the third one, because Scott Lang is such a schlub, and I just want to see what else they do with the series in the six or seven issues that they're probably going to get. I, I don't think this will be a Howard the Duck length, because Ant-Man... I was pouring the beer. I was going to say, you were a little slow because it sounded like you did Ant-Man. I don't think this book has the legs that a Howard the Duck could because Howard the Duck is so different. And that different take on a... Doing it for my own amusement now. It's the joy that you get out of doing it, Paul. It's okay because it still brought me joy. Um, The different take on a Marvel like Avengers family superhero is something that's kind of becoming a little bit more commonplace now. Mm-hmm. That I'd, I hope this book goes on for a while because I will continue to read it. I just don't know if it will. But I will enjoy it for as long as it does. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a book that it should have legs of because of how it treats the character. It's going to be one of those things that if our people enjoying... Or are people there to follow this character along in his journey? And I think that's one of the biggest things about it. But it is. It's a great series. I really enjoy it. I think they captured that character perfectly to give you what it is. And it's the heart and soul of that guy is that book. And that's, and his daughter is too, really what, it, what drives him. And it's just like the sense of fun, though. Yeah, definitely. I, well, you want to you wanna direct us and point us? Uh, well, what's fun is reading comic books, whether they come out that uh, this week or on Valentine's Day. Right, John? That's right. So, the Bagging Boardcast proudly presents a dramatic reading from Harley Quinn, Valentine's Day Special, issue number one. Page one, panel one. I'm queen of the world! Miss, please. How original. And that was a bag and board cast dramatic reading from Harley Quinn, Valentine's Day special. Episode one. Issue one. Episode one? Yeah. Issue one? Episode issue one. Episode one? Issue one. A New Hope. Uh... And there's no hope for this beer. Yeah. I remember having this and really liking it. I remember it. having this and really liking it. Maybe. And, oh, what, what, what is it? Something that I had and too? And this yeah. is Stone's Smoked Porter. Do you think Breckenridge was so bad beans. it's ruined this beer? <laughs> it might. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is Stone's Smoked Porter with vanilla bean. A porter with vanilla beans. It's. 
The problem I have with Stone's just regular smoked porter is it's just that smoky. I mean, we've talked about mm-hmm. we've we've had probably like a half hour conversation about this beer when we drank it on the podcast, yeah. and it's just like a sausage smoky smokedness, yeah. a meaty smoke, not yeah. just uh, you know the, the the smoke. And then you have this vanilla that it almost doesn't feel like it goes with. The smokiness. No. Because um, you get that smoke right up front, mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit of the vanilla on the back end. Right. And you're like, oh, the vanilla's not bad, but then you still have that meaty smoke in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And the two don't... No, they don't mix. They don't mix. They don't go together. They don't blend. They don't... I had previously given this, like, a, a 3.5, 4 star... Mm-hmm. On untapped, and I dropped it down to a three because I mean it's not a it's not a bad beer, but it's not like a just a good drinking beer. It's almost as if the flavor somehow separated, like yeah. from being in the bottle. Because I think I remember having this at one of our favorite establishments, Pizza Plant, and them the smoke and the vanilla working together really well. No, and maybe, in this maybe bottle, it was colder. It just it's smoke up front. Vanilla in the back, and it's just definitely not working freely and together. It's it's got a nice nose. There's though. no harmony to this beer. It's it's just it's got that nice smoky yeah, but vanilla y nose. But the no. flavors don't work together for whatever reason. They're not. No. Uh, I I that, don't want to recommend kind of, it because I feel like it's it's not. If you like if you like stones. Smoked porter. Yeah, but Stone Smoked Porter is four dollars cheaper than this. Like their smoked porter is uh six ninety nine and I think this was ten ninety nine. Woof. So That's that's not a good trade off because I no. I remember having fonder thoughts of it from what you guys just described. Okay, how about it says drink fresh and this is the two thousand fourteen release? Well, I but just does it have it. the actual bottle by date? Oh, but it's the winter 2014, so it's going in. So yeah, it's came out winter of 2014. It's only been a few months. Enjoy by 331. 331. Oh, well, yeah, so you're still so close to that. We're close we're to that close. expiration. You're close to it, but Stone is known by their. Enjoy by dates. They have a whole line of beer that mm-hmm. says enjoy by this date. Yeah. So you should be within that prime real estate for that vanilla right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I was very unhappy when I took my first sip. I was so excited for this beer too. I was like, oh, the last beer was a letdown. Well, at least I got this vanilla porter that I know I like coming up and we can talk about it and it'll be good. And now. Now it's not. Well, you can always try that's, combining those two beers, Paul. That's no. We got stoned. Yeah. There's oh. some of the vanilla porter. I'm gonna pour it in mine. Okay, go go right ahead. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, uh, my next beer. Wow, was with your awesome New Holland beer that oh, you yeah, love. Oh yeah, your beers are so, so much good. better. I talked to the rap. He gave me a T-shirt that was too big for me. Because <laughs> I'm slender and sexy. My name is Chris. <laughs> It would have been funny Thank if you, you just said, I, "I'm slender and sexy." My name's Paul. <laughs> like that would have been that would have been funnier. <laughs> you just pointed out I lost some weight. Oh, 
talking up Chris and how great he is with his great beer that he lives in Beer City, but USA. It, and blah, blah, blah. it was such a backhanded. <laughs> is it better? It's a little better. I don't know. John mixed but the two. It's better. This is coming uh, from one of our favorite breweries. This is Founders, and this is their 2015 Blushing Monk. Oh, I just recently had that. I have a bottle aging in my cellar. I was going to say, this is something that's readily available now, uh, and this is a Belgian ale that's been fermented with pure raspberries. And while they say it's a Belgian ale, this is just a like small step and jump from like a Lambic. You get a lot of raspberry sweetness on it, and then at the end they're like, okay, I can kind of get where it's a Belgian. You got those nice bubbles on the back. L- little bit of herby sweet. It's all covered by the raspberry, though. Um, 9.2 ABV. It's it's very pleasant. Definitely a sipper. Not because it's a medium to high ABV, but because of that raspberry sweetness that you get off of it. Uh, this is something that I had at the brewery for the first time maybe a week and a half ago, and I I enjoyed it. It was a great dessert beer, so I bought it just to have as something to talk about. But I I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would buy the bottle of it again because I paid nineteen forty nine for it. Ooh, fifteen ninety nine so, here. Really? Yeah. That is shocking because I can go and get a goblet of it at the actual brewery for like five seventy five. But it's it's a bigger than Standard bomber, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little. It does seem like it's a bigger bomber. Um, it's got some heft to it. It was I could one probably of, kill a homeless person with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was something that I split with my girlfriend, and I wish there were two other people there because yeah. we didn't. I finished mine. She didn't finish hers, and we still had beer in the bottle because it just it's too much by the end mm-hmm. of it. Um. And it is a more full-flavored uh, Rubius that they do. Like, yeah. it's something that's it's a little bigger. It has kind of like a, a little oakier kind of a taste to oh, it. Nice. It's more rounded out than the Rubius. Yeah. It's a little bit more drinkable, while the Rubius is a little bit more syrupy. Yeah, I couldn't get through a, I couldn't get through a single bottle of Rubius. See, I like Summer Day. I love a Rubius. Oh, I, I can't. It's I just too it. syrupy and sweet. I, I think the fact that this is a Belgian style versus being a, a quote-unquote fruit beer definitely helps us out a little bit more. It's definitely a big, bold beer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I would take this over the uh, last month's one, the, the Big Luscious, the chocolate raspberry i would take it over that but i was stored i, I, I was steered the, away from big luscious by i think more the big than luscious would person. pair just like extremely well with the dessert not that this wouldn't but i think the big luscious would be a little bit more of like an accoutrement like if you um cook it down a little bit make a syrup out of it like it would be great over ice cream or like a plain cheesecake and I think the Blushing Monk would go really well with a cheesecake or even like a piece of chocolate cake, like drinking I, that and eating that together. I, I agree, but I think the chocolate and the Big Luscious would lend itself a little bit more, except if you were having like a chocolate 
cake, then I would go with this. It's good. It's a dessert beer, though. Uh, this isn't something I'm just going to be like, hey, yo, give me a pint. Even I, though I'm currently... I bought two bottles of it right when I saw that it had come out, because it was something that I thought I was really going to enjoy, and I did enjoy it. And I put the one in the cellar, because I was like, you know what? A year from now, I really want to see what this beer can do. Is it corked, or is it... No, it's no, just it's a regular cap. Regular, regular cap. cap. With a belt, so it's not... It's not. I don't think it's bottle. It's not bottle conditioned. conditioned. Because sometimes they, Belgians, they, they have do the have on the, the date stamped on it. it. Yeah. Like, I'm looking... It says, like, it's the 2015 Blushing Month. So this could be something that you could okay. age a little bit more. I probably wouldn't sit on it as long as some of the other stuff that we've had from Founders. I think, you know, 2016 rolls around. Oh, even like KBS. I, yeah, I, no, no, it was something that I was planning 8 to 12 months from now to drink. Um, so give it a, a, a full year, or it's something I want to drink during the summer. It really is. I think it's, I think it's still really a, light. Sitting on a porch, it'd be so good, especially like oh, you just mow the yard, you sit down on the porch, and you have this nice <coughs> raspberry, refreshing beer. And I have a riding it, lawnmower. You're stuck pushing. Yeah, I, I push, <laughs> it's, and it's, I had to wear high, uh, high, high, heels, high heels. High heels. You're in high heels, right? High tops. It's extremely sweet, but it's not syrupy. It's a good tart sweet. Oh, it, it's it's a like a real raspberry, a pure flavor. Because that's what Paul Paul's Paul was having trouble with that pureness. I think, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, because I'm just like pure raspberries. Did they go out to the field and, like, what? what's the test? What's the test Prob- for a pure I, raspberry? probably did. It's founders. Like, <laughs> I think I think what they're saying is it's pure raspberry, meaning it's not, you know. It's, it's not a concentrate. It's not a concentrate. It's not a flavoring. It's in. real raspberries that they've mashed and put in. No, no, kept, uh, oh, what is it? Castoleum? Yeah, none of that. None of that beef what? juice? No beaver butt juice. Here you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. It took me a second. Castoleum, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that how Guys, you pronounce it? What? Did you know? Did I know what? Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Operate machinery and may cause health problems? Uh, Yeah, but you know what? It does do, do one thing. It does make us do better. Hmm. Rate and review comics. Hey, uh, and that'll bring us right into our main topic. Uh, this week we're doing our monthly series, our monthly look back, and we're looking at some of the number ones that came out from Marvel comic books last month in February. And uh, do we want to go right in alphabetical why order? Why don't we do Silk, Vader, Spider Gwen? Because then we're splitting up the Spider books. I was gonna say you want to split up the Spider books? Yeah, because then it seems like we're just Massive talk about spider books. Well, it was like we ever cared about that before when we would review <laughs> say, three Green Lantern books in a row. Or talk about Batman Eternal and then Batman. And then Court of the Owls. And then... <laughs> <coughs> and then Batgirl. And then Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it, no. It, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm up for doing whatever, so do you want to do it that way? 
This is one of those yeah. things we didn't talk about at the beginning of the yeah, show. We talked, we talked about talked so about, much like, other the stupid next, like, stuff. Month and a half of episodes. <laughs> so no. Silk, Silk, number one. <laughs> By Robbie Thompson, Stacy Lee, and Ian Herring. Uh, yeah. And, uh, do you want me to take this because it was my baby? Yeah, go for it, buddy. All right. Um, Silk is the story of Cindy Moon, who was another student that was bitten by a radioactive spider right after Peter Parker was at that um, Oscorp. Uh, Oscorp or whatever uh, science exposition exhibition, not exposition. Come on, Chris. You're getting blushing monked. <laughs> I think, okay. I think okay. you're getting dark I'm moon or whatever. That night tripper. Yeah. <laughs> um, night tripped up. Silk is a character that came onto my radar during the Spideyverse event, which I really enjoyed. But she popped up before that in Dance Loss Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and this is a girl that was bit by the same radioactive spider as Peter Parker. And as such, they kind of have an attraction to each other and the same powers. Um, only difference in their stories is after she got her abilities, she was stashed away in a bunker by Ezekiel, who you may know from Amazing Spider-Man, as the person that brought the spider totems to Peter Parker's knowledge. Um, but now we're getting her in her own book, and this is more Batgirl than any other book at this point, because you're seeing this character with that kind of like more pastel-y, lo-fi um, lo artwork. And this is her finding who she is, because at, I think at this point she was brought in as the side character that you know her basic backstory, but now they're going to be exploring it a little bit more. I'm confused by her age. Uh, we should talk about what happens in the book, uh, since, you know, we never do that, and we really should. Well, okay, this is her mm -hmm. fighting against a villain known as Dragon, Dragon Claw. Claw. <laughs> and then her flashing back to her family life. Mm-hmm. And then hitting those points that Parker never would. Like, she goes to, like, Jameson, he's like, what? I love it! Let's follow it. While if Peter Parker had gone, it'd be like, what? No, I'm not going to pay you for this. Right, but Peter was also a teenager, and Jameson hated teenagers, and she's a quote-unquote adult. You know? Yeah. So I think that's I don't think that's uh that's without realm of uh G. Jonah Jameson to listen to somebody that's, you know, older versus this teen that's ruining in America. Plus she yeah. didn't argue with him about this, okay. you know, it no, this wasn't what I was trying to say. She just went with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was like, Okay. And she's also old school. But look at Parker. Pencil. He was trying to end it. Spider Man, not Parker. Mm-hmm. With a pencil and notepad, not the iPhones. But uh, she also <laughs> spins her web solder for fingertips. No yeah. uh, mechanical web shooters. Not only that, she's making her own clothes. Oh, yeah, with, uh, with her silk. With her silk. She, um, oh, titular line. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, this is definitely a 
it is a fun book. Um, I really like the art in it, and it does have that Batgirl feel and look to it. Um, I really liked it. Are you going to keep on buying this, Chris? Uh, I think I'm going to because I don't want to jump ahead too much. I liked this a lot more than Spider-Gwen. Okay. Which is... We'll get to that. Crazy, because I loved the um, like the Spider-Gwen issue of Edge of the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just something about this book that really sold me. And it could be that like her on that personal mission to discover who she is and her bigger part in the Marvel Universe. In her up finding until now, out her... I'm guessing we just had her introduced and shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. And it's also her finding out how to be a superhero, but it's not the same way that Peter Parker is, became a superhero. And I think, to me, and just to make this comparison now, like the Spider-Gwen book felt like you could interchange her with Peter Parker in that book, and yeah. it would fit. Where this, it's her own story. This is a different character coming to grip with who she is, what her powers are, and what she can and can't do. Uh, well, where and also, sorry, Paul, I'm jumping quick. You also have her like issue number one, like, hey, you're gonna get Black Cat coming up, and the tease for issue number two is her going up against Hydra. Like, she's being cemented into that Marvel universe. Where in Spider-Gwen, I do feel like it's it's that character trying to be a Spider-Man, where in Cindy Moon's case, she's trying to be her own character. Spider-Gwen's falling. She's like, oh, I gotta come up with a quip. Uh, pretend I said something quippy here. Like because I'm not quite good at this whole Spider-Man thing yet, where Cindy Moon does doesn't have that many moments, but I do have a few questions with her character, probably because this is my first interaction with her. So she's she's not read any of the Spider-Verse stuff yet. No, she hasn't read any of the Scott Snyder Batman in the last like three, eight months, years, yeah, three years, three years. Uh, so Asian American? I think so. Okay. So that's not just me being confused about it. It's just maybe their artwork not quite, but it doesn't really matter. No, uh, I, it's something I didn't really look at or think mm-hmm. of or consider. But after you said, it, I was like, yeah, because the it, mom is like written a little bit too Asian Americany with you got to be better. You gotta, you know, like the flashbacks, like like overbearing parent Asian American mom kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, a little put off by that little stereotypical there uh same age as peter parker looking forward to a little bit more like relationship between her and her brother at that point yeah yeah that's what really kind of sold it on me was that family dynamic was all just her and her brother um i'm loving it, it reminds me of old uh old batman uh paul dini the villain here uh the fixer What's but his name's not the fixer, for the the outfitter. What's his name? The repairman. The repairman. It reminds me of Paul Dini, like coming up with a different kind of like the realtor for the villains and the the uh, 
the person that would build the hideouts at Carpenter and stuff like that. And now we have the repairman over here in uh, the Spider-Man universe that uh, gives people their powers. And also the back over at DC, uh, the Flash had the the rogues gallery had their wardrobe man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I like these kind did of Did they just call him the tailor? I didn't want to say that. I, he might have been the tailor. I, I forget. <laughs> but I, I but I like these kind of like sub-villain class characters that are just there in the background always working and just they're the guys that are actually making money off of crime because they're not actually going out and doing it. Like they're just there to like cash in on their successes. They're like, oh, see, you need no, you need the new hyper ray because now your superpower, the superheroes are even better. So here, buy this gun, and we'll upgrade you. So I like I like the more dynamics and the deeper mystery that's going to play on with her and the bunker. Even though I have no connection to Azrael, not Azrael. What's his name? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah. With yeah. Well, Paul, reading number one, does that make you want to go back? No. And we'll read the Spider-Verse event, which you could read in like four issues. No. Of Amazing Spider-Man. No. I'm good. Because I'll get the the answers that I want aren't back there. They're going to be forward in this book. Okay. John, have you read all of Spider-Verse yet? I have not. Does this make you... Oh, way to get up on my shit. Uh, well, I've read more of it no, than you okay. have, Paul. It's one of those things like, uh, Paul, I knew you probably hadn't read it. John, I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, it's something that I keep wanting to read. I've been just way too much stuff on my plate where I haven't had a chance to get around to reading it. Um, I had to take special time Sunday last week to actually get these books read. Uh, well, well, Silk and um, Vader. Mm-hmm. As well as plunder, what we were we were talking about reviewing. Oh, plunder! Um, I think we should talk about it just to talk about it. Plunder. Uh, Somali pirates get on a Lovecraftian horror-based ship, and a lot of word balloons. And the internet aren't smart about it. I don't know. You see a guy, yeah, uh, half a torso, mumbling. Uh, and another guy like cutting off his fingers and frying up in a fry pan. We still have our ship parked out there, yeah, right? Yeah, we should get out of Just, here. Or, right? And it's not one of those things like their ship is broken down and then they come across this. They're not looking for they're not looking for pieces or saying like, all right, we need to get out of here, but we need to find the pieces to fix our boat. All right, all right. It's oh, we gotta find some money or something. Like it's they're not, looking to plunder yeah. that boat. And it's like, I'm sorry, after you find the guy hanging from the ceiling, it's time to get the fuck <laughs> yeah, out of here. And because... there's blood all over the place before they even enter the ship. Like, it's not, it's just, I don't know. I guess Somali pirates are dumb. Is that what the writer's trying to say? I, I, I don't know. But uh, normally the things that you want to see shouldn't come I don't see, I don't see Tom purses. Hanks appearing hmm. in the, but the uh, motion picture adaptation of this book oh. at all. But uh, whatever you do find there is definitely going to be cursed, and it's definitely going to be horrible to you. So don't take it. Uh, this the, the the horror part of this book was so shoehorned in that I was just like, ugh. You're I, just trying to make it interesting. I I flipped through the book before I read it, and I just was thumbing uh, thumbing through it, and at first I was like, Paul, Paul can you tell your friend John there to stop? Flipping through books before, he's like, "Hey, this is something I'll buy." Because this, and the, what was the one with the 
people with long arms. Oh, the empty. The empty. The empty. Oh, I told you guys one. not to read it. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It was too late. I'm sorry. I I miss a book like Rat Queens and I get shit. And I <laughs> and so I keep trying. I keep trying. You keep trying, and I do appreciate it. Well, Rat Queens, fantastic book. Did you read the new one? No, Number I, nine just I haven't came had out. a chance. Oh, you I, bought it. I you bought it. Have. Yeah, my girlfriend it's read good. that and Saga before me. I haven't read Saga yet either. Saga was good. Uh. No, but it when I thumbed through it, what it and what they made the book sound like was those people on the ship who are maimed and mutilated. It seemed like those guys were trying to find the ship to get revenge, or they're hunters of some type to stop this mm-hmm. mystery thing that's killing people. Which I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. These guys hunting down this evil entity. But what you got in the book was so bad. Yeah, they were yeah. definitely not paranormal investigators on the hunt for uh, evil. These were just Somali pirates looking for some quick booty. But let's talk about how good Vader was. Vader. Uh, Wait, Paul, why'd you say it like that? Because uh, I love this book so much, I had to go back and play through uh, Force Unleashed one and two. <laughs> okay, I, when when you were like, "Oh, Vader," I was like, oh, "You didn't like Vader. it because it's crazy." I, I don't want to get into talking about the book before Even we the set scroll. up the book. I, I thought this was more Star Wars than Star Wars number one from last month. Yeah, and this is just Vader on this his ties day-to-day into business. Sp- sp- to Star Wars number one, though this is all this is, uh, spins out of Star Wars number one. Well, it spins out of it, but I thought this was like more Star Warsy almost. Uh, and not only that, because you get talk about like business dealings and what people are doing. Uh, and the art is so much better than that Star Wars book, and not just I mean I mean the look of the art is great, but it has so much. Flow to it. From, okay, well, from this panel is um, panel on Darth Vader number one, written by Kieran Gillen and art by Salvador La Roca. And Salvador La Roca is doing a more pencil style and not that painted style again. So, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why I'm liking it. But and he captures those character images like. Everything you see, if it's a Star Wars character that you know from being on film for like three seconds in one of the backgrounds, he hits that note. Mm -hmm. But there's still enough life to those characters that they don't just seem stiff and posed. Like my big complaint from the John Cassidy art in Jason Aaron's Star Wars number one on our last issue, uh, issue we should just call these issues not episodes why haven't we done that yet somebody else did that oh that's right but yeah uh the art Darth vader number one the art has such a great flow to it from like panel to panel like you you feel the motion of everything going on between like from vader doing the hokey pokey in front of okay from vader pointing you know That's what I thought brought a lot of life to it is because you get Vader standing in front of the, like, Rancor gate and Jabba, like, watching him just to be like, is he going to step on it? I want to hit this button. (laughs) Vader puts his right foot in 
And then he puts his right foot out. And then Jabba says, oh, you know what this is all about. Wait, wait, no. Yeah. John, can you can you do the Vader or the Jabba voice? No. You did so well in the dramatic Does, reading. You know, he says, you know, to watch your step around me. No, or something no. Like I want to hear John say it. Oh, you do the watch your step around me. That was Paul. You're not John. I tried to. Tried to confuse you. Tried failed. I, I tried to Jedi mind trick you. You must be a hut. No, I just, I just know your voices. <laughs> Anyways, this was a lot of fun. This was, uh, it's Vader like one step behind the Emperor, and it's so sad. He's middle management Vader. He's like, he's just trying to get ahead in the Galactic Empire, and he just can't because, uh. When he takes initiative, he fails, and then uh, he's called out on it, and then he takes it out on his lower, the people that are lower than him, and then eventually uh, he gets his comeuppance by having to uh, serve underneath one of them. So, there we go. It's going to be until episode uh, seven, until he gets his own super star destroyer, so. (laughs) That's that climb. It's there's a lot of time. It is a good book. Books. And then when he's got like the dark Wookiee and uh, Boba Fett working for him. Yeah. I'm sorry, Boba Fett. Baby Boba Fett. Fett. <laughs> Where? And th- this is so just like it's a day in the life of Vader. Like in the actual Star Wars trilogy, you see Vader like when he's being like, no. No disintegrations. Like you see him at the cool points. Bring them to me. Yeah, this and is- it turns out like he's just like no. Here's what I'm gonna. Was it Monday? What do I need to do? Okay, go talk to Job of the Hut and just fucking take apart the whole palace. Okay. Uh, and when he force chokes Jabba, come on, that was cool. Yeah. And at, but and the thing that got me about that point is like at. That juncture, he's standing in the middle of the gate where Jabba wants him the whole time. And he's like, nope, I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. It, it's so cool. It's so Darth Vader. And we haven't gotten this since the original trilogy because everything you see in the prequels is just crappy. And then you, at the end, you, you get basically get Vader on his worst day at work. <laughs> and chewed out by his boss. <laughs> like that's terrible. Kind like of demoted. No, he, here's this this guy that I'm putting in charge of this project instead of you. Yep. It happens in Force Unleashed a lot. It does. I, I don't. Maybe I didn't notice it as much as um, I should have in Force Unleashed because at that point you're playing as um, Star Killer. But in an actual Vader book, when you see it, it's kind of demeaning. Yeah, yeah. Just like him getting like the performance review almost from the Emperor. Like, so yeah. uh, let's see. You here. fucked up. Don't do it. Uh, space station. We took eighteen years to build. You let blow up. Mm. Uh, it says here you weren't on the ship. Uh, uh, only survivor. Uh, that moon base around Yavin 4 for the Rebels, still active. Uh, now they've gone into hiding. Uh, 
Nobody knows where they are. Your tracking device uh, failed us there. And it also says here the guy that blew it up you had on a destroyer with you, and he got away. And you're like, no, whatever. He can go. Yeah, yeah, just go. Vader doesn't uh, say, don't you? I I killed another one of those Jedis you hate. Obi-Wan Kenobi, remember him? Pain in the ass? Remember remember my old mentor? Remember him? Uh, He doesn't even stand up for himself and say, yeah, I was busy killing that Jedi. Well, it's because he's too busy sticking his tongue out, right? And, yeah. You know, through that, <laughs> behind the mask. Remember, remember Order Six Two Six or whatever the freaking order number that was. I, I was following that order. Order Sixty Six. Oh, Order Sixty Six Two Six was Stitch from Lilu and Stitch. Oh, okay. Uh, I was I was following your order there, Emperor Palpatine. I mean, Sinistar or whatever. Ugh. Prequels. <laughs> Well, the the prequels have some cool stuff. Like, Paul, did you get to read number two? No, not yet. Okay. Maybe. No? I don't remember. (laughs) Nope. Uh, I I enjoyed Darth Vader number one a lot more than I did Star Wars number one. If I was going to stay on a Star Wars book, and I haven't read Leia yet, but I definitely am planning on staying on Vader. Vader is a book that I will continue to buy. Star Wars would be a book that I would continue to read if I, Paul keeps yeah. buying it. I also enjoyed... I really enjoyed the what I picked up the Brian Woods Star Wars because it was oh, more I, about I think the... we all enjoyed that Brian Wood one. Because it was more about them being pilots, and this is more about them being the spot, squash-buckling, you know, adventure people. You know, they're um, not... They're Paul, not rebel I, pilots here. You know. A little bit of a spoiler like, sneak peek to oh. this month's look back. I think you might like Princess Leia number one then. Oh, cool. Um, but Vader number one, I was just so in awe of like what it was that I was like, how come Jason Aaron couldn't do this in Star Wars? Because he was because busy doing the... Tatooine, uh, not Tatooine, what's the moon base of Endor attack again? <laughs> I, it's... I, I haven't read any more of the Star Wars book. I don't know, Paul, you were buying that one, right? Yes, and I will continue to buy it. Did, did you get number two? I think I did, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. I, I might need to... If I don't, then... If I haven't, then I will out. buy it. So don't but until honestly, Vader is a book that I will continue to buy, and Leia is one that I will continue to buy as well. Sneak mm-hmm. peek, and uh, check us out next week, begging board listeners, because I'll say the same thing. This is uh, now we can go into a book that we were all excited about coming out of the book that uh, Chris picked up from Spider Verse, the the anthology, the Edge of Spider Verse, the Edge of Spider Verse, the uh, Spider Gwen. Yeah, and this is Spider-Gwen, number one, uh, written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez. And this is the telling of Spider-Woman. They they never give her name in the actual book because she's only on the title as Mm -hmm. Spider-Gwen. But this is Gwen Stacy who has stepped into the Spider-Man role. After the death of Peter Parker, she it's was very much a role reversal. She was and we bit, got 
instead of Peter. Mm-hmm. She was exactly. bit by the radioactive spider. And this is her dealing with all the crap instead of Peter Parker, with her father being the the captain of the police and just everything. And this was the real standout book in the Edge of the Spider book or Spider-Verse miniseries for me and I think us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Much better so, than the Hostess Fruit Pie edition. I don't know. I really like that one. But this was something that we all wanted more of and Marvel acquiesced to the Bagna boards, please. And they decided to make this an ongoing series. But I, I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy this as much as I did that one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because in that one shot, it was more her own story, where this is her in a Peter Parker story with alternate universe character, you know, the characters you want to see doing different things, you know, foggy Nelson is police officer. Frank castle is, is he a police officer or is he a DA? I thought he was like a, the DA district attorney, kind of like, a Harvey Dent. I don't know. They never really kind of said, I just kind of figured that. Yeah. I always think it's kind of one of those like moments where he just shows up almost like Mm -hmm. we had with, um, Daredevil in the Gerard Way story where it's just like, oh, this this character exists in this universe still too. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it. I mean, DA or a lieutenant underneath the captain, something like that. Frank Castle is a captain of the police. Which, uh, which I, I kind of enjoy that little like mm-hmm. story hit quick. And then um, uh, Ben Grimm is a police officer. One tough guy from mm-hmm. Yancey Street. Like, I, I mean, like, those things are some of the charm of this book. I still really like the art. I enjoyed this book, and I was going to yeah. tell you, Chris, I'll continue buying Spider-Gwen if you continue to buy Silk. Cause uh, I, I'm up for that because I didn't dislike Spider-Gwen, but it's not what I really hoped and wanted it to be after Edge of the Spider-Verse. It just feels like this is the alternate version of Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker Spider-Man. And I mm. want more yeah, I don't want her to be like, "Oh, I need to make a quip here because that's what Spider-Man do." I want her to, you know, let, be more like Silk and just figure yeah, out her it's, own way. It's it's a diff- it's a difference between Silk which it is her own story and then Spider-Gwen which is Oh, an, an alternate Spider-Man story, and this does feel so Spider-Man-y, you know. And, and it's I I did realize that as I was reading through it because I started thinking it was like, when was the last time I read an actual Vulture story mm-hmm. in Spider-Man? And the last time I remember buying a Vulture issue was an issue of Amazing Spider-Man when I would sleep overnight at my aunt's house and then I would ride my bike to the comic book store in the village of Hamburg and take whatever change I had like scrummy <laughs> together and be like, I want to buy this issue? He showed because up there was and- an issue of Spider-Man where it was like or Amazing Spider-Man where it was like <clears throat> the younger de-aged vulture. 
There was that's the last time I remember reading a Vulture. I know I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah, in the uh, Superior Spider-Man, he showed up because Octavian like beat the crap out on him. Oh the, yeah, but there was like it was like a a gang of vultures. Yeah, they were like kids. Well, but it was still yeah, and that's why yeah, Octavian snapped because he was using kids. Yeah, and it was he, Tomes was there because that's who he found and beat, beat the living crap out of. Also, I liked him in Spider-Man Blue. You know? Yeah, but Spider-Man Blue was, was so forever long. Ago. I know, but yeah. it was still shorter ago yeah, than when Chris was riding Chris's, a bicycle. It wasn't Chris's <laughs> 25 years ago. It was, yeah. you know, that's... I'm, I'm saying I have some gaps of time where... Uh, you know, it was it was like 12 years ago for the Spider-Man um, Blue. But not, I don't know. It's... This book has promise. I didn't dislike it. It just didn't sell Gwen to me in the same way mm-hmm. that I because never read it's, it's not it. Gwen, it's Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I haven't read uh, Mary. What was it? Mary Parker? What was her name? Mary May? Jane? No, not Mary Jane. The Spider Girl back before they. It was May Parker. May Parker. And yeah. I'm like, is this just a rehashing of May Parker, or is this really? You know, Spider Gwen. Is this a different character from what we were getting with May Parker? And I don't know. Maybe this just feels a niche for the May Parker fans out there. It, it might fill that niche for those readers. I want this to be something more for me. And it's so close to what I want it to be. I, I love the artwork in it. I love the costume design. I love the promise of what Gwen is. Yeah trying to get to the show with her band the Mary Janes it's so Peter Parker though yeah. it just doesn't sell the Gwen Stacy aspect it's, Gwen's not but, being able to have her own take of being Spider-Man or a spider mm-hmm. and I think it's where so close where they can diverge really is having her have a relationship with her father that's yeah. that's going to be the huge difference. If but and the, every the first, moment that I have the first issue is her like skirting that though, right? And they skirt it here again. Uh, well, okay, Edge of Spider Verse they skirt it. They're like, "Sorry, Dad, I have to save you." I, this is and then <clears> this <throat> issue, she's like, "The reason you put on the badge is because you know if you don't, somebody else that shouldn't will." It's the same with me in my ma- in this mask. This <clears> mask <throat> is my badge. And if they develop and drive home that relationship where she's like, where Captain Stacy, I'm forgetting his first name. Um, it's Captain. It's Captain. Uh, <laughs> Horatio Magellan. That's another sure. That's Captain Crunch's first name. Uh, first and second and middle name. Uh, if he's like, takes her on the wing and like, okay, no, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it the cop way. Like, that'll be very interesting to me it'll be almost like house of m spider-man where he was basically a cop i think this book has a lot of promise and i think it it does and john if you know what tomorrow you call me or text me and say like you know what i don't think i'm gonna go buy spider Gwen. i would i bought the first issue it's something that i would pursue for at least like the next two issues to check out before I'm like eh and see no. I felt the same way about you like with Silk like I was already on board for buying Spider Gwen and then I read Silk and I was like 
kind of want to continue reading that. So with you getting Silk, me getting this, it like it definitely feels like it works out. Oh my goodness! You know what this sounds like, guys? We need to do a power <laughs> ranking of Spider-Man books right now. Sounds like a power ranking. Well, power ranking between two know, girls. I'm, I'm two buying books. most of them, so I'll, I'll continue doing that. Uh, no. With, with uh, <laughs> what are, what are the other Spider-Man? Are we? Are Paul, you you're re- not reading any. I'm not reading any. <laughs> why, so why would we power rank? Them? Well, there's two. I don't know. There's two. I, I'm, okay. Is there a third? There's, there's probably amazing, a few. There's going to be. How I'm, about we I'm wait? buying Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. I'm buying Spider Gwen and I'm buying Silk. Okay. Well, could you power rank? Well, how about how if about I had we to wait? Keep... Why don't we wait till the new Spider Woman book comes out where she's got her new outfit and then In we issue five and then we power rank. <laughs> Okay, Those which three. I have bought, but I haven't read yet. So yeah, mm, okay, I'm I'm okay with this next yeah. week when we do or next, next month, month. Okay, when we have to talk about Spider Woman. That makes more sense. All right, all right, all right, all right. If you wow, want to so power power rankings of this week's books or month's books, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I'm really funny. Vader, uh, Silk, Spider Woman, or yeah. Spider Gwen. And then uh, somewhere back there is Plunder. I don't. Know. <laughs> I left it out. Not on the list. Uh, I think I would do the same as Paul. I don't want to say this. Well, then don't agree with me, and you, everybody I, can. You're going to say Silk Vader than Gwen? No. You're going. I was going to say I agree with Paul. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Paul, mark it. Put it on the calendar. Two fifty one. Paul. Two fifty one. Two fifty one. I don't Every, want to agree 251. with Paul. Everyone agrees with Paul. <laughs> and wow. there you have your episode title. <laughs> and you know what? That would make a great title for a rating and review over on the iTunes. Uh, we live and die by those ratings and reviews. They really do help people find the show. Uh, more than that, if you want to help uh, grow the show and be part of the community, uh, tell your friends about it and uh, join us on the internet everywhere we are. Like, where else can they find us on the internet, Chris, other than iTunes? Well, they can find us over on Facebook, we're Bagnaboard. They can find us on Twitter, we're Bagnaboard. They can find us on Tumblr, we're Bagnaboard. They can find us on Instagram. Wait, Instagram's different than Tumblr? No, we're Bagnaboard. Or they can email us at contact at bagnaboardcast.com. And or that, individually yeah. at Chris, John, or Paul at bangboardcast.com. Until next week, keep on keep agreeing with me. It makes me feel good. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in a little bit because we've talked about having more content over at the site bangboard.com, and my girlfriend, friend of the show Lexi, has just written an article. Um. They'll be up within the next day. She just needs to write a conclusion to it. Uh, and it's going to be talking about her foray into comic book television shows with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, and Flash. Mm, nice. As someone who hasn't read comic books. Looking forward to reading that. Yeah, as was I. And what's that website again? That's bangboard.com or bangboardcast.com if you want to just hear the show. Yeah. 